Hello, everybody, and welcome to the inaugural episode of the Brodo Dugout. If you are not yet aware, the Brodo Dugout is the fantasy baseball home for all things Brodo fantasy. That's right, folks. Brodo fantasy football has expanded to include fantasy baseball as well. So follow at Brodo Dugout if you have not followed yet on Twitter. We are going to be providing you with rankings, uh, Twitter advice as always, pods, and just overall fantasy baseball knowledge to win your fantasy baseball leagues. So again, at Brodo Dugout, if you have not followed, I'm your host, Michael Petropolis. So follow me at Mike underscore Petrop. And I'm ready to give you some strategies. It's the first episode of the Brodo Dugout, so I don't want to dive too deep into uh, the numbers just yet. So I decided to just go with a strategy episode where I give you some strategies that I have, that I have employed in the past that have made me a successful fantasy baseball player. So without further ado, let's begin. All right, so first episode of the Brodo Dugout is ready to start with strategies. I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven strategies to give you folks. So listen up. Um, I'm not saying these strategies are the only way to win in fantasy baseball. Um, It's just the way that I have been successful, and I'm a pretty darn solid fantasy baseball player. So here goes the first strategy. Do not pay up for closers. This is something that I, myself, and Jason, my Brodo host, have always employed throughout our fantasy baseball lives. We never paid up for closers. And it is because closers are just a clusterfuck of pitchers that you never know who's going to get the saves besides the top three. And they're way too expensive to draft anyways. There's no reason to spend a fourth, fifth, or even a sixth round pick on a closer who, sure, he could get you saves. But in a good week, he'll get you two saves and eight strikeouts. In a bad week, he'll get you three strikeouts and no saves. So I would not spend a fourth, fifth, sixth round pick or even top nine or ten rounds on a closer who does not impact the game every single day a la a hitter or does not have a huge impact every time he pitches a la a starting pitcher. So... Sure, there's guys like Kenny Lee Jansen, there's guys like Craig Kimbrell, there's guys like Edwin Diaz who seem like great picks at their selection, but I always let other players get those guys because closers pop up everywhere during the season on the waiver wire, or if you want to acquire closers through trades. Last year, we saw a bunch of guys take over the closer role who you had no idea was going to be a closer until the season started. One cool fact from Alex Fast on Twitter, in 2013... 13.3% of closers had 10 or more saves. So in 2013, there was a lockdown set of closers who did their role, and that was it. In 2018, 40% of relievers had 10 or more saves. That is absolutely bonkers. If you told someone 40% of relievers would get 10 or more saves, you'd question if the closer role was even a thing anymore. With the way the game is going with closers by committee and just starting pitchers going five innings and then uh, players, uh, coaches using their best relievers in middle relief spots to just get through the heart of the order. Closers are not something you should pay up for. Second strategy, 
similarly to closers, do not pay up for steals. One of the mantras me and Jason live by is never Billy Hamilton. We have been the number one and number two, or 1A and 1B, if you will, Billy Hamilton haters in the world. And sorry, Billy, but it's deservedly so. He's been an absolute bust for fantasy purposes. Player uh, teams keep draft fantasy teams keep drafting him in the top ten rounds, waiting him waiting for him to bust out and steal seventy bases and hit for an average. But he is simply a bad hitter, and it's shown repeatedly. This year, his price is finally down. His ADP is in the late teens, I believe. So if you want to take a chance on him there, I mean, go for it. I'm not going to be doing it. But do not pay up for steals. We saw guys like Billy Hamilton, like I said, D. Gordon, who was a bust. These are guys that you choose as a one-category producer in the top 10 rounds of your draft. And as I said with closers, where you draft for saves in the top 10 rounds of your draft, I do not draft for one position in the top 10 rounds of my draft. Rather, I select players who will give you speed through multi-categories as multi-category producers. Guys like Trevor Story, Jose Altuve, Jose Ramirez, Christian Yelich, or uh, guys like Whit Merrifield, who was going later in the rounds last year. You, you never have to find speed early on. It's, it's not that hard to find the speed from multi-category producers in the first 10 rounds of your draft, but it's way harder to find a successful only stolen base threat player in that first 10 rounds of your draft because typically if you're only good at stealing bases, you're not a very good baseball player, a la Billy Hamilton. So guys like Malik Smith last year you found on the waiver wire, and now going into this year there's guys like Greg Allen who's supposed to start on the Indians who could steal bases, uh, who you could get in like the 20th round of drafts. I'm going to go into sleepers, busts, speed targets, and things of that sort in later episodes, but just throwing his name out there now. So I do not pay up for steals either. I always try to go for the multi-category producers, which I'll just let that go into my next strategy as don't draft by position in the beginnings of the draft. Draft player who draft players who to give you the best shot at winning and deal with positional values later. Basically, do not go after a first baseman just because you already filled out second, third, short, and one outfield. If there's another outfielder or another second baseman or another third baseman who fell way too low, go ahead and snag that guy. If you if you have sec if you have Jose Altuve at second base, you drafted Christian Yelich, you drafted Aaron Nola. And then you want Whit Merrifield in the fourth round. Whit Merrifield is a fine fourth round player this year. He's he led the league in hits last year. He steals bases. He has some pop. He scores runs. He's basically a light version of a five-tool player. Go ahead and grab Whit Merrifield. Do not set yourself up to choose by position that early on in the draft. That's how you fail because you don't grab the players you want. Instead, you grab the players that you think your team needs, and matter-of-factly, it ends up that's not who you need later on in the year because your team is not talented enough and you need to make changes. So, for example, a guy that I'm not a big fan of, say, in the middle rounds of drafts, is George Springer. He's going in the fifth round. I'm not a big fan of him. I'll get into that another time as well. 
So if you need an outfielder, you don't have to reach for George Springer just because you need an outfielder. You could wait for a later round and grab guys like Yasiel Puig, Michael Conforto, Will Myers, and instead in round five, grab someone like Reese Hoskins or a, or a similar hitter to play infield. So do not do not reach for categories that early in the draft. Once you get the rounds 11 or 12 or later, sure, start filling in your positions, but not that early in the draft. You don't need to do that. <clears throat> My next strategy, wait on starting pitchers. So if you're following fancy baseball this year, there's all this noise about how you have to get one of the aces. You have to get Kershaw. Uh, excuse me, not Kershaw. I'm just so used to Kershaw being the the guy. You have to get Scherzer. You have to get uh, Jacob Degrom. You have to get Aaron Nola. You have to get Luis Severino, Garrett Cole, Justin Verlander. You have to get one of the aces to top your pitching staff. I'm telling you that in my time as a fantasy baseball player, I've never prioritized pitching. I've never once taken a pitcher in the first round, and I've never once faltered because of it. You could get pitchers later. As long as you know who you're picking and trust the guys that you're selecting. Guys that I loved last year as late rounds or players that I targeted, not necessarily as late rounds, just as values in their in their uh, ADP. Aaron Nola, who, as we all know, was very close to winning Cy Young. But Max Scherzer and Jake the Snake are just too good. Blake Snell, he did win the Cy Young, and he was going 8th, ninth, 10th round of drafts. He was someone I acquired in many places because I believed in the stuff and oh boy, did that pay off guys like Charlie Morton, another guy who I was targeting the 13th, 14th round of basically every single draft. Charlie Morton ended up being a stud and a guy who is easily a number two pitcher for you uh, on your fancy baseball team. Mike Clevenger, 200 innings pitch, 200 Ks. Another guy that I loved going into last season as a late round steal, James Paxton, someone who's going who's putting up ace numbers even though he was a mid-round pick. And then you got guys like Mike Fultonavich who come out of nowhere who you could draft late or pick up on the waiver wire. So I've always held to the fact that hitters, you have uh, standard starting lineups, Yahoo, ESPN, other leagues, one catcher, second, third, short, first, three outfield, maybe a corner infield, maybe middle infield, maybe a utility, and then starting pitchers and relievers. You're starting hitters every single day of the week. They play seven times a week, more often than not, maybe five, maybe six. Pitchers, it's a great week if you get two starts out of them. Otherwise, you get one start a week from them. Sure, they could go, Jacob DeGrom could go eight innings, 10K, zero earned. But then in that spot, instead, you could draft Trevor Story, who on the week could go four home runs, nine RBIs, three stolen bases. Who I'd like to think I'd like to think that that's significantly more valuable than the starting pitcher. So I do not pay up for starting pitchers. If you want to wait until the second round, if you want to take a pitcher there, go for it. I'm not a big fan of taking pitcher in the second round, but late second, if you get someone like Aaron Nola, Eric Cole, Justin Verlander, I want to be against it just because it's nice to have an ace. But I'm probably not going to be doing that. But like I said, it's not the only way to win fancy baseball leagues. My next strategy, 
attack multi-category producers. So this is where you could really set an edge in your fancy baseball leagues. While guys are out there drafting Billy Hamilton, Joey Gallo, D. Gordon, uh, Adam Dunn-esque hitters. I'm blanking on other <laughs> Joey Gallo-esque hitters. While players are drafting those guys, you draft the guys who do it all. right? You draft Christian Yelich. You draft Alex Bregman. You draft Trevor Story. Whit Merrifield. Adalberto Mondesi, who I'm going to get into, who I like a lot going into this year. Players who attack multi-categories. They... They're solid in average. They're solid in the power department. They score runs, RBIs. They steal bases. They are not one-category producers. Guys like Joey Gallo, everywhere I look, I see uh, drafts of Joey Gallo going in the 7th or 8th round. And people say, oh, I like how you pair Joey Gallo with the average hitter in Daniel Murphy or the average hitter in Justin Turner. What I'm saying is if that you have a hitter in the top 10 rounds, that needs to be paired with another hitter to make it okay to start him, that is not something that I'm interested in by any means. So I'm not drafting guys like Joey Gallo unless they fall way past their ADP and I need really need power or something of that sort. Otherwise, I'm drafting the multi-category producers. Guys like Lorenzo Kane as well comes to mind. If you fill your team up, Andrew Benintendi, fill your team up with guys like that, you don't need to worry about speed. You don't need to worry about average. You don't really need to worry about home runs because even then you could go for home runs late, right? You could draft in your last round. You could draft someone like Justin Bohr. You could draft someone like Justin Smoke, who's probably going to hit 30 home runs this year. You could get power late, but you could get the multi-category producers who have five uh, tool potential early on in the draft, and that's what I usually do. My next strategy, I got how many left I got for you? One, two, a three, two actually. My next strategy, this one's big. So do not draft by the ADP or the rankings on the site you're using. So if you use Yahoo or ESPN or any other fancy baseball uh, site, do not use the ADP and rankings there. That's it always gets into people's mind. They see the names in an order. They see that uh, Joey Gallo is ahead of Michael Conforto. So they're like, oh, all these people are sucking Joey Gallo. I must select Joey Gallo. No, go select Michael Conforto, who's the better player and isn't going to put you down in every category other than home runs. Go into the draft with knowledge of who you think is valued at a position and who you think is being drafted too early. I have... My next podcast is going to be twenty. the first 25 rounds. I'm going to give you guys I'm targeting in the rounds and guys I'm not targeting the rounds who I think are being over and undervalued. So that's going to be a fun one. Uh, and I'm going to give you some guys I'm targeting at the end of drafts who I think are going too late. So well, with that being said, I, I also put up my own rankings on Fantasy Pros. Uh, you can find that at brotoff.com slash dugout or just go to brotoff.com and then click dugout on the menu up top. So I have my own rankings, and that's what I use when I draft. I don't look at uh, the ADPs. I don't look at the rankings on the site that I'm using. I draft based on who I believe is going to give me the best shot to win. So when you uh, when you draft, I'm not saying you must use my 
my rankings. I'm not saying that by any means. If you want to use my rankings, go ahead. I think they're pretty darn good rankings. I'm just saying that have in your mind, have ready, use your queue, put some players in the queue who you think are going to do great and who you want to add to your team and disregard players who do, you do not want on your team. A la Joey Gallo. I'm always going to go back to Joey Gallo. I really dislike that guy. I'll tell you. And lastly, oh, let's see. I think I actually just went through it all, folks. I said don't pay up for closers. Covered that. Don't pay up for steals. Covered that. Wait on starting pitchers. Covered that. Attack multi-category producers. Covered that. Don't draft by position. In the beginning of the draft, draft players you believe will give you the best shot at winning and deal with positional values later. Dealt with that. Ah, right. Lastly, this is a big one. I did miss this one. Be ready to edit your rankings based on the league you're participating in. So there are all sorts of different uh, fancy baseball leagues. It's not like fancy football where you have standard PPR, half PPR. And fancy baseball, you have roto leagues. You have head-to-head category leagues. You have uh, <clears throat> OBP leagues. You have leagues with that are 8 by 8 leagues that are 6 by 6 It's honestly just a completely different game than fancy football. So be ready to change your rankings based on that. So, uh, uh, for example, if you're in a roto league that's 5 by 5 with average runs, uh, home runs, RBIs, and steals, on-base percentage means nothing to you. Guys like Max Muncy and Brandon Nimmo lose some value. Even if they're going to get on base at a 380 or 400 clip and bat 260, the 380 or 400 clip doesn't do anything for you because the walks don't matter either. But if you're in a points league where walks count as a hit, as one point, or if you're in a head-to-head category league where OBP is included or walks are included or total bases are included, those walks are huge because Max Muncy and Brandon Nimmo, when they're getting on base at a 380 to 400 clip, you're getting either a point for that or you're getting uh, you're leading in a category in your league because Muncy and Nimmo are giving you the OBP advantage over the opposing team. So be ready to adjust to the settings of the league you are playing in. My current rankings are set for Roto Leagues. So that's because that's how Fancy Pros sets their uh, accuracy competition. So it's hitters are batting average, home runs, runs, RBIs, and stolen bases. In pitching, you have Ks, ERA, whip, saves, and wins. So you need the high strikeout guys. You need the high win guys. You need saves, but don't pay up for the saves, man. Go later in the draft. Get the guys who are going to be closers, get some relief men on teams with questionable closing committees, and get saves that way. Throughout the year, use some fab on closers. But I'm not paying up for guys like Edwin Diaz, Kenley Jansen, Craig Kimbrell, who's not even on a team yet. So there you have it. Uh, I'll go through it one more time for you. My, I guess, seven strategies for fancy baseball success. Take it for what it is. I hope uh, this helps you in your drafts. Don't pay up for closers is one. This is in no particular order either. Uh, I didn't list it in valuable order or anything. They're all pretty valuable. First, don't pay up for closers. Two, 
don't pay up for steals. Three, wait on starting pitchers. Four, attack multi-category producers. Five, don't draft by ADP or cent rankings on the site. Have your own rankings ready to go and draft based on that. Know who you think is a value at where they're being drafted and who you think is being drafted too early to avoid those players. Six, don't draft by positional need in the beginning of the draft. Draft the players you believe will give you the best shot at winning and deal with positional values later. That's a big one. And lastly, seventh, be ready to edit rankings based on the league you are participating in. So those are my seven strategies to fancy baseball success. Thank you guys for listening to the first episode, the inaugural episode of the Brodo Dugout. I'm Michael Petropolis. You can find me at Mike underscore Petrop on Twitter. You can find Brodo Dugout at Brodo Dugout on Twitter, Brodo Fantasy at Brodo Fantasy on Twitter. I'm actually in a industry league called the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational with a lot of industry uh, players. And the draft starts on Sunday. I have the third pick. It's a 15-team league if you want to keep up with that. I'll probably be tweeting my picks from the Brodo Dugout Twitter. It's a lot of fun. Looking forward to that. Hopefully I could win it. That's the plan, folks. So, yeah, thank you for listening to the Brodo Dugout. Go follow Brodo Dugout. Follow Brodo Fantasy, of course. And uh, go check out my rankings on the Brodo Dugout page on BrotoFantasy.com or BrotoFF.com, both take you to the same place. So thank you for listening, and I will see you next time to discuss some players to avoid and players to target in the first 25 rounds of the draft. It'll be chock full of info, folks. Looking forward to it. Later.